Hello and welcome to Weekly MTG. I am Blake Rasmussen. I'm Steve Sanu, and uh, we got a, a show for you this week, like we do every week. We do bring them every <laughs> week. <laughs> Thanks for letting them know. Yeah, no problem. If you if you're unfamiliar with Weekly MTG, this is where we have our weekly show to talk about fun topics around magic or very serious topics. In, indeed, one or the other. This one, this episode could potentially be this both. This one it edges a little bit towards the serious. Yeah, so, a little bit. Yeah, we've got we've got two main things on our agenda today. Uh, the which, first, which you can see below, the, it is down there at the bottom, below our names. Uh, the first thing is we're going to talk about some organized play announcements. So these are all things that mostly affect the Pro Tour, right? And uh, I would I would call this more of an organized play update than anything else. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. a slice. So to set expectations, uh, things are changing a little bit for organized play next year. For the Pro Tour, Grand Prix, we're doing some new things. We've got some new people in the building. Uh, it's it's a year of transition. And so what you're going to get today is a slice. We just got a slice. We're doing these announcements in pieces uh, because change is, it takes time. Yeah, it And does. we want to make sure that we've got all our ducks in a row. If we're 98% sure about something, we're not going to share it until we're 100% sure. Right. Uh, so today you're getting the things we are 100% sure about. Some of these things will go into effect uh, almost immediately, pretty close to immediately, and some of these things are just forward-looking to next year. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's just jump right in, I guess, to these organized play updates. Uh, we're going to show them on the screen to you, uh, or so I'm told. Also, right down here. Also right down here. I'm going to get better at gesturing. Oh, that was a good <laughs> that one. That was a really that good one. That was a good one. Okay. Yeah. We figured right. out the motion. So uh, as you can see on the screen, uh, achieving a level in the Pro Club, Silver, Gold, Platinum, etc. It now grants you that level for two cycles rather than one. And in this case, cycle actually means year. It means, uh, no. No, sorry, uh, not Cycle not means yeah. three months. Yeah. So the way, this is kind of new, the cycle system. We just started it uh, and it's caused some consternation with our pros. And we've heard a lot of feedback that the three month period was essentially too short. You couldn't plan quite as well. Uh, the the two cycles now, so basically if you hit your benefits at the end of this season, so this season and September 17th, if you're keeping track at home, uh, and then we've got two cycles that are going to be the Guilds of Ravnica cycle and the Ravnica Allegiance cycle. So right. that's the next six months of pro-level events. Uh, if you hit a level during that time, you're going to get it for two cycles rather than one. Right. Uh, so that's just kind of a quality of life improvement for pros so they can do better planning. Uh, it's something that a lot of them have been asking us for. Now, the cycle system itself is something we're carefully reviewing. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, we don't know if it's the uh, system that we're going to use past 2019, but we figured in the meantime we wanted to make the improvements and tweaks to it that we could, hence uh, moving to two cycles rather than one. It's a very exciting day, you know. We've got, uh, we've got some organized play announcements. Blake used the word hence. It's all very good. <laughs> uh, so Before we move on to the next one, uh, there's something that, so we are going to publish all of this stuff in an article at on, 3 p.m. On Daily MTG. Yep. Uh, there is one bit that's not going to be in there because it's going to apply to like 12 people in the world. Right, and we it want gets, to make sure it gets a little nitty gritty, it. but I want to make sure that we get this out there. Uh, the details of what I'm about to say will also be on the uh, Pro Player Tumblr. Right. Uh, Mike Rosenberg is working on that update. Uh, so I'm just going to read this because it's very specific. Uh, yeah. Players who have either 20, 35, or 52 Pro Points 
So those are the levels at which you hit bronze, silver, platinum. Yep. I'm sorry. Silver, gold, platinum. Silver, gold, platinum. Yeah. Uh, pro points for the current 2017-2018 annual pro club. So again, that's that season that ends on September 17th. Or hit 22, 37, 52 pro, pro points in the cycle system. So basically, if you hit a threshold in either the old or the new system, you will get the level that is higher. So if you're at that 20 to 22, 35 to 37 uh, kind of cutoff, the, the platinum level is still 52 points. But if you uh, hit that threshold under either the old system or the new system uh, by September 17th, you will get that level for both Guilds of Ravnica and the Ravnica Allegiance. So for the next cycle. two cycles. For the next yeah. two cycles, again, playing off that first bit. All right. Uh, let's take a look at the next update. Uh, we've got some updated Team Series rules. Team Series proved uh, very popular for, for our fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so these, the, the next, this one and the next two are, uh, they go hand in hand in that they're updates to the rules, but they're not exactly new. So this season was a bit of an anomaly in that we had Pro Tour 25th anniversary. Right. And what happened with Pro Tour 25th anniversary is that we invited the top 16 teams. It was a team event, big Pro Tour, uh, and we wanted to make it special, so we ended up inviting the top 16 teams to that one. Mm -hmm. uh, that is reverting to top eight, essentially, next right. season. So what this says is top eight teams after PT number three in the 2018-2019 season receive invites and airfare to PT number four. Yes. It's very similar to this year's rule. It was just 16 this year. Because we knew there was going to be a team Because it was a team event, yeah. essentially. Um, and this is how it was the year prior. Right. So, yeah, return to form. So pretty pretty simple simple uh, update there. But we've got a, a couple more team series updates for you. Yep. Uh, coming up next, the updated team series rules. Top eight team teams after the final 2018 to 2019 Pro Tour season receive invites and airfare to the first Pro Tour of the 2019 through 2020 season. Yep, and again, this is just an update and a clarification based on what it was like this year. Um, it's pretty close to business as usual. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, although this next one, for those of you that like planning on your calendars, this is yeah. going to be pretty relevant to you. So the first Pro Tour of 2019, Pro Tour Cleveland, is going to be held February 22nd to 24th. Uh, we are not announcing the format yet. Yeah. So this is, uh, there's a lot of internal discussion. I'm going to talk more about that in a second too, which <laughs> I'm going to keep doing for a little bit, uh, about when we announce formats for Pro Tours. So it's not um, clear, well, we're pretty sure that announcing things a year in advance isn't great. It's, it's a little bit too much lead time, I it, feel like. Uh, it, it restrains us uh, on what we can do in the past, we've even done something like change the format pretty close to a Pro Tour. We don't want to get in that world where right. we're changing something four weeks beforehand. But we are exploring the possibility of maybe announcing uh, the, uh, the format eight to 12 weeks ahead of time. This isn't for sure. That's one of those things we're discussing. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, but don't look for, even when we announce the full Pro Tour schedule, don't look for us to announce the formats with that. And, uh, but the good news is, February 22nd through 24th yep. in Cleveland, you can plan your travel if you want to start traveling to, to the Pro Tour, either as a competitor or a spectator. Pro so. Tour Cleveland. Indeed. Mm 
Uh, and for those of you wondering about further scheduling, uh, if we go to our next little bit here, the full 2019 Pro Tour schedule will be announced in September. Yeah, we're actually so, going to do that right here on this show. Yep. So you'll, if you tune into Weekly MTG in September, uh, we'll we'll let you know. I think a little little bit in advance yep. as to when we're going to do that. Uh, and then finally, that one, that one. And by the way, that right. one is the, the schedule is going to surprise some people. Yeah, I think so. You're going to definitely way, in wanna, good ways. Yeah, you're definitely going to want to tune in. There are some cool details that we'll uh, we're we're both very excited yeah. to share around. And that. the reason we have again, that's one of those things where we're if eighty to ninety percent set on the Pro Tour schedule for next year, but there are enough things that we're tweaking and and checking on uh, that we're not quite ready to hand it to you. Um, but we're getting things out as soon as we can so that people can start doing their planning. Absolutely. Uh, and that brings us to the final organized play update. We've got uh, Pro Player Ambassadors. Yeah, so this is uh, a really cool, it's not a program because it's very small. Essentially what we're doing is we are contracting with a few pros. We're going to bring in three pro players uh, into the building who are going to start talking to us about uh, and sharing ideas about what the future of Pro Magic looks like. So uh, some, and, and this, is, this is that part where I said more on this later. This is that, this is that time. Right, it's time yeah. now. So those of you that were marking your clocks until Blake actually got to the, yep. to the wait until I talk about this thing, this is that time. So part of the reason we're spreading out these announcements over the course of the rest of the year is that we want to bring pros into the building, strong voices in the community, strong voices in the pro community, to work with us uh, on what next year is going to look like and what the future is going to look like. Now they're, they're getting in. Um, we are looking, we've started getting applications in and we've asked everyone who we're going to ask to apply. We're looking to move fast on this. So we're going to have uh, these pro player ambassadors notified sometime next week, I believe. And then we're going to bring them in the building pretty quick so we can get them acclimated and start talking to them about next year. Now they're some knobs and dials we can twist about next year, certainly that they'll help on, but they're also going to help us look at 2019, 2020, right. and beyond. Right. And so this is us asking the pro player community to come into our building. We've done some work. We have um, some communications with pro players that we've been trying, but we want a little more hands-on uh, attention with the, with the pro community and with some strong representatives from around the world to tell us what they need and what they envision as the future of Romagic. For sure, and uh, you know, this is this sort of goes back to the whole uh, attitude of collaboration and mm -hmm. feedback that we've had uh, going on lately, yep. with uh, especially with Magic: The Gathering Arena. You know, and uh, I think I think people are going to be pretty pretty surprised at some of the stuff that's coming in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that we're bringing in those pro player ambassadors. They're going to help inform some of our future announcements, which is why we're spreading this out a little bit. So hopefully, you know, we'll have a lot more to share with you later on down the line, yep. and uh, a lot of that will be hopefully, you know, influenced by some of these contractors we have coming into the building. Absolutely. Yeah. All so right. let's uh, let's look at that recap. So, like we said, today was just a slice of what's coming. Uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about what we didn't say today, what we haven't gotten to. Believe me, we're getting it out as fast as we can. Uh, we want to give people the information they need. People are starting to look at teams for next year, which is why the team series rules are being posted. 
you can actually, if you go to Daily MTG after the show and you see the article that's posted, it will have a link to the team series rules that you can check out. Uh, and then Pro Tour Cleveland, again, February 22nd to 24th. We've got the full Pro Tour schedule coming in September. Uh, the Pro Player Ambassadors, again, look for that information probably next week. Uh, we've still got some applications coming in. Uh, we've still got a little bit of review to do, some people to talk to. But uh, I, think, uh, I think that's going to be really powerful moving forward. For sure. And uh, obviously, if you have any, any questions, let us know. Mm -hmm. uh, we are monitoring. We are monitoring chat. So if you have questions, feel free to feed them to us. We'll come back to them at the end of the show. Yep. Uh, in that little section at the bottom. I'm not on the screen, so I can't do the wave of my arm, but that's okay. But know that he oh, did the, do it. The, oh, there the we wave go. Of okay. my arm. Uh, the Q&A section at the bottom. So uh, now we're going to move on to something that's that's pretty fun. It's a good, mm -hmm. it's a it's a fun time for everybody, for sure. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a fun hall. time for some people. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Hall of Fame ballots. Uh, the Hall of Fame ballots are going out. and They uh, went out this morning. They went out this morning. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame today. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you that don't know about the Hall of Fame, Blake, what is the Magic Hall of Fame? So the Magic Hall of Fame is a uh, Pro Tour Hall of Fame, meaning that players who played on the Pro Tour go into this Hall of Fame. So we elect every year some number of players. That's ranged from, I think, five uh, at the early days of the Pro Tour to now probably about two a year is, mm -hmm. is kind of our are average lately, uh, but it recognizes the greatest players the Pro Tour has ever had. So these are players like John Finkel, Kai Bude, Luis Scott Vargas, Gabriel Nassif, all of these people who are part of our history are in the Pro Tour Hall of Fame. And what comes along with that is we invite them to many, many Pro Tours. So true, so true. And I'm sure a lot of our, uh, a lot of our viewers recognize those names, mm -hmm. uh, lots of recognizable names. Uh, to give you some context about the Hall of Fame and sort of who's in it presently, we have uh, we have some slides of the last five Hall of Fame classes, uh, and we can we can have our producer mm -hmm. pull that up for us. What year do you want to start? Start with the oldest. Start with the, let's let's go from old to new. Let's do it. So 2013 saw the induction of one of those players we were just talking about, Louis Scott Vargas. Yep. Uh, William Huey Jensen and Ben Stark. Of note, all these pictures we're putting up are their pictures for that year. So some, so these some pictures are look five years different. old yeah. at this point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Louis Scott Vargas, William Jensen, and Ben Stark all made it in 2013. And as we know, uh, William Jensen went on to be world champion of Magic. He did. All three yeah. of those guys are still active. Ben Stark just made the finals of the last Pro Tour. Yep. Uh, William Jensen is part of Peach Garden Oath, obviously, and uh, also part of Team Ultimate Guard that is going to be in the finals of the uh, Pro Tour Team Series Championship. And uh, Luis Scott Vargas, he's, he's also here. Yeah, he's, he's Paul Cheon's friend, right? He's a, yeah, he's Paul Cheon's friend. Yeah. <laughs> 2014 uh, inductees. Uh, as soon as we get the slides up. Uh, Makihito Mahara, Paul Ritzel, and uh, Guillaume Wafotapa. Yeah, so Mahara is a former world champion. Uh, Paul Ritzel is uh, one of the best and uh, most accomplished pros of all time. He's, he's won a pro tour. He's got a bunch of top eights. Uh, he, he plays less now than he used to, obviously. And then uh, Wafotapa, his name is just synonymous with control decks. Absolutely. If you're playing a blue deck, it may have originated with Wafotapa. So, uh, the, and then we've got going going on to 2015. Uh, two inductees, Yuya Wat. Oh, sorry. <laughs> two inductees, 2015. Uh, three inductees, 2015. 
Eric Froelich, Shota Yasuoka, and Willie Edel. Yep. Uh, all three of those guys are still active as well. Uh, Eric is, of course, uh, uh, still playing on the Pro Tour. Shota Yasuoka, he's known for being the fastest proficient player on the Pro Tour. So he plays very fast, which a lot of people do, but usually when they play fast, they make mistakes. And Shota just doesn't. He just plays very fast, very cleanly. Uh, he's kind of the pro's pro. Right. All the pros know who he is, how talented he is. Um, and then Willie Adel. Willie Adel is a big, uh, so he was uh, part of the big push for him getting into the Pro Tour in 2015 is he's been such a huge part of Brazilian magic. Oh, yeah. And he, he runs a store down there. He does a lot for the community down there. Uh, and so that in the entire country of Brazil was rooting for him when he came up in 2015 and well-deserved in the Hall of Fame. Let's take a look at 2016. Uh, we got Yuya Watanabe and Owen Turtenwald this year, uh, going down from the three inductees we've seen in prior years yep. down to about two. Yep. Uh, so what, uh, what happened historically, uh, contextually, Blake, around this time in terms of that would have made things shift from that, that three to two? Yeah, so we started tightening up the rules for the Hall of Fame both the pro points levels and the number of votes that were required to get in. So it used to be, uh, I think the threshold was 100 pro points, but don't quote me on that, uh, at one point, uh, lifetime, and then uh, only 40% of the votes to get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, we started upping that, it's now 60%, and then we also uh, started changing the rules just a touch. So the current rules, uh, are a little tighter than they used to be, which contributed to a lot of that, uh, the, this shortening of the classes. But we think what it gets us is uh, classes that are incredibly deserving. These are absolutely the best of the best. And when you hit 60% of the voting threshold rather than 40%, you know most people want to see you in the Hall of Fame. And with that in mind, we had two inductees in 2017 as well, Josh Utter-Layton, better known as Raptor, mm -hmm. and uh, Martin Yuza. Yeah. Uh, Josh has so many top pro tour top eights. It's incredible. And yeah. he has, he, he's again, he's one of those pro, pros pros. He, he doesn't travel a ton for GPs, but he always shows up at pro tours. Again, he just made the finals of pro tour and he's credited as one of being being one of quietly the best deck builders in the world. Yeah, and he was he was on that same team with Ben Stark, so that yep. was that was a very stacked team that made the finals. Yep. Uh, of that of that Pro Tour. And their other teammate uh, was Martin Yuza. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Martin Martin also has a really great Pro Tour resume, but one of the most remarkable things about him is his Grand Prix resume. So he has been a world traveler for quite some time bouncing all around the globe. Uh, winning and top eighting Pro Tours on every continent and every time zone in every conceivable format. Uh, and he, so he currently has more GP top eights than any other player. Any other player. Yeah. Ever. And, which, is, which is an amazing accomplishment in mm -hmm. and of itself. But when you put it with, uh, with all of Martin's other accomplishments, it's no wonder that he made the Hall of Fame yep. uh, last year. So let's go ahead and take a look at uh, last year's ballots. We have, we have some of that. Uh, some of that graphically. Let's take a look at those. Uh, these were the 2017 voting results. And Blake, what can you tell us about uh, about these results? Well, okay, so obviously at the top, Joshua DeLayton and Martin Yuza got in. Those were, those were the two that were inducted. Uh, Chris Pakula. So this has been a, a story for a long time. So Chris, Chris Pakula 
has been a player since the early days of Magic. And many, many voters are very passionate about getting him into the Hall of Fame. Uh, not necessarily because of his resume, although his resume is strong, but because he was one of the early advocates of uh, clamping down real hard on cheaters, on making Magic a clean game. So for those who don't know, in the early days of the Pro Tour, uh, cheating was a bit more common. And the Pro Tour and Grand Prix, uh, it was a problem. Chris Pakula led that charge. He uh, was a focal point for that. He was outspoken. Uh, he's also on Meddling Mage. So Meddling Mage was his card from back when we did the Invitational. Right. So Chris Pakula uh, remains at the top of a lot of people's ballots. Uh, Mark Herberholtz is, he's again, not nearly as active today. I don't believe he's qualified for the Pro Tour right now. But he has four Pro Tour top eights, including a win. Uh, he had a really memorable win in Hawaii uh, back in the original Ravnica days. And uh, he's got a lot of people who are pushing for him to get in the Hall of Fame eventually, if not this year, uh, because of how strong he was back in the day. He had a very concentrated period where he was one of the best players in the world. And... He's still an excellent deck builder. There are a number of players who will credit him with uh, their decks, even today, even if he's not on the Pro Tour. He still works with a lot of great pros. And so he, he got 69 votes last year, uh, which was about 29%. So of, not quite enough. Not, to, not enough, yeah. but there's definitely a swell of people who want to see Mark Herbold in the Pro Tour Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. So for those that don't know, the, um, the ballot is rolling essentially some people will drop off other yep. people will, will qualify to be on the ballot mm -hmm. um are is there anybody on the 2017 ballot that uh we're not gonna we're not gonna be seeing this year uh, i'd say the biggest name is scott johns mm -hmm. so scott johns received uh 14 votes last year he's always kind of been in that range for the hall of fame voting and part of the reason that he has not gotten on is because he has uh he has five pro tour top eights that's a lot. Yeah. That's basically more or the same as anyone not named Kai or John. Right. And he didn't get in because a lot of people view those Pro Tours early on in Magic's history as somewhat uh, suspect may not be the right word, but it's, it's in that range. One, because the competition was a little bit easier, mm -hmm. according to the people who played back then. I have no idea. I, I read it in magazines. Um, and then also there were more Pro Tours back then. Uh, so at, at points we had five, six Pro Tours in a year. Uh, and also there were just fewer people in the right. Pro Tours. So these days Pro Tours range in the 300 to 400 people range. Back then, 100 to 200, something right. like that. Uh, so Scott Johns was a big part of the game's early years, but he never quite got over that hump with modern voters anytime since 2005 to get him in the Hall of Fame. Well, uh, with that in mind, let's take a look at some of the new uh, new entries in this year's ballot, the 2018 ballot. Uh, that's a lot of recognizable names to, to Professional Magic. I would hope they're recognizable. <laughs> so there are, there are certain thresholds you have to meet to get into the Pro Tour Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, one of them is multiple Sunday finish or final day finishes. And what a final day finish is defined as is, uh, you know, a Pro Tour top eight, a team event, uh, Pro Tour top four, 
um, a world championship top four, that sort of deal. So if you're playing on, it's usually Sunday, if you're playing on the final day, that counts as a final day win. So that's why you'll see someone, or a final day uh, finish. So that's why you'll see someone like Javier Dominguez with a PT top eight. He's also finished uh, on Sunday in, uh, I think it was World Magic Cup, but I'm misremembering that, I think. So it would be fair to say that uh, in, order to, in order to qualify, you'd have to make it past, uh, you know, two cuts to top eight, top four? Yep. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and the other, you need to have a certain number of pro points as well, correct? Yeah, 150. That's actually not the highest bar to clear these days. When you look at the people who are eligible for the Pro Tour, or for the Pro Tour Hall of Fame, uh, you've got people who have 590 pro points, 483, 451, 436, 400. So you have to go down 30-something players before you hit that, that bottom threshold of 150 pro points. And honestly, a part, you have to have been playing on the Pro Tour for 10 years. Uh, or 10 seasons, at, well, you have to have started. You can take yeah. some time off in there. But your first Pro Tour has to have been 10 seasons ago, and you have to have two Sunday finishes. It's hard to meet that criteria and not have 150 right. Pro points. Especially with a lot of the players that are on this list that yep. do play pretty consistently throughout that 10 years. Yep. Um, so yeah, we, uh, we, we, we have Javier Dominguez. Uh, yeah, let's bring that graphic yeah, let's, back let's up. Let's take a look at those, those names one more time. Uh, so yeah, this is like like we said, as we would hope, that's a pretty stacked list of mm -hmm. people that are coming up and eligible for the for the Pro Tour Hall of Fame. Uh, so yeah, there's a couple I want to highlight. I mean, obviously everyone on this is, is pretty good at magic, but uh, understatement I, of the year. Yeah, <laughs> I love that Montagnon and Brad Nelson are on the ballot, coming onto the ballot together. They had that famous duel for Player of the Year that was one of the most memorable finishes to Player of the Year we've ever had. I remember that. Uh, with Brad Nelson eventually winning. Uh, and then Ken Yukihiro and Lee Shi Tian just have an absurd number of Pro Tour top eights. I mean, seriously, look look at look at the number of top eights and it just increases as you get down to yeah. Yukihiro and Lee Shi Tian. Lixi Chan with five Pro Tour top eights. Mm -hmm. Like to give to give people a a clearer indicator of how difficult it is to uh, to win a pro, like to top eight a Pro Tour is very difficult, yeah. right? Um, to win a Pro Tour, uh, there there are a lot of Hall of Famers. I, I think it's something like over forty people in the Hall mm -hmm. of Fame. Uh, out of those 40, 15, 46, I think is fifteen of them have never actually won a Pro Tour. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just so incredibly difficult to win a pro tour to to make the top eight, let alone win one. Mm -hmm. That I think, uh, you know, seeing five seems like a really low number until you consider how difficult it is just to get to that spot. Well, and that's five is the highest number of pro tour top eights that anyone up for the pro tour has this year. Correct. And honestly, most the, the threshold over the years has been kind of four ish pro tour top eights to get into the Hall of Fame. There's a couple with three. Um, but they have other finishes at World Championships right. or World uh, Magic Cup. Yep, things like that. Yeah. Uh, but people with on this year's ballot who have five Pro Tour top eights are Tomoharu Saito. Uh, let's see, five Pro Tour top eights. Actually, nope, I'm sorry, that's wrong. Nope, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Marcio Carvalho, Li Shi Tian, uh, and that's it. So three that's, people. That That is the full list. Now, um, Let's talk about Tomoharu Saito. Yes. So Saito, 
his numbers are out of this world. Saito, uh, he has uh, he finished in the pro he finished in the Player of the Year top ten four times, which is the most of anyone on this ballot. Five Pro Tour top eights. He has um, five final days, which are those Pro Tour uh, top eights. He also has 590 Pro points, which is the most of anyone on this list. So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Saito was actually elected to the Hall of Fame uh, years ago, but was not inducted because he was suspended for multiple infractions in tournaments at the time. So he was suspended by the DCI. He has come back. He has garnered some votes, some attention, uh, but it's a tough uh, hurdle to clear when sure. you've been banned by the DCI. Well, and uh, not only is it a tough hurdle to clear, for those that uh, are hoping to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, you're not even eligible for the ballot if you are uh, under investigation Correct. or suspended by the DCI. Correct. Yes. Uh, so I want to talk about some of the other stats. Now, if you want to see these stats, you can go to uh, magic.wizards.com, go under events, and you can find... Uh, top players. He'll talk about the Pro Tour Hall of Fame. Uh, but let me read some of the impressive stats we have this year. So the player on the ballot this year with the most number of wins. Yeah. So these are Pro Tour wins, World Championship wins kind of thing. Uh, Seth Manfield with a whopping two. So this goes to how hard it is to win, straight up win one of these tournaments. Yeah. Most people on the ballot have none. Some have one. Some have one. There's a smattering that have one. Seth is the only person that has two wins on his resume. Uh, under the top 16, so top 16 is one of those stats that people didn't really look at in the early days of the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. uh, these days, top 16 gets a lot more attention because you can very easily have the same record as someone in the top eight and finish ninth, tenth. Right, through tiebreakers or... Exactly. Yeah. And so people started looking at the top 16 for these edge cases where they needed a little bit to go one way or the other. So top 16 finishes has taken an increased importance in Pro Tour voting. Uh, Pro Tour Hall of Fame. Pro Tour Hall of Fame voting. <laughs> And uh, actually, the person with the most top 16 finish finishes, and kind of my vote for the under-the-radar uh, candidate for this year, is uh, Tsuyoshi Akita. Sure. So he not only has eight Pro Tour top 16 finishes. So that's eight. It's a lot. Near or, so eight Pro Tour top eight or near top eight finishes. Uh, he has four Pro Tour top eights. Uh, he also has 12... Pro Tour top 32 finishes. That's second on this year's ballot. Wow. Uh, and he has, you know, a good number. Of, he has 328 pro points. He doesn't have a ton of GP finishes. And this uh, speaks to some of the uh, regional biases here. Because if you uh, live in the Asia-Pacific region or South America, there just are fewer GPs held in those regions. Right. And so fewer opportunities to get GP finishes. Unless you're willing to travel. Unless you're willing to travel, right. which not, many, not everybody is able to. But uh, Akita has some really good Pro Tour numbers. His, his three-year median finish is uh, 67. So what that means is what we do is we look at three-year chunks of every player's career. Mm -hmm. And we say, what was the best three year your prime basically and what was your median finish during your prime so his was 67 which is solid uh the best median finish on the year tom martell wow shout out to you tommy tom martell <laughs> had a uh three-year median of 16th wow so for three years 
his median finish was top 16. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, not surprisingly, he has, let's see, uh, seven Pro Tour top 16 finishes, I would which is right below Akita. Makes perfect sense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so typically, when you're looking at a three-year median finish, so again, this is a number that uh, measures your, your peak. If it weren't for uh, Tommy Martel's 16th, uh, we'd have then uh, Saito has a 25. Brad Nelson, very strong candidate this year, has uh, 29. His median finish for three years at his peak was 29. And he has a, he has a player of the year he does. Uh, trophy on his shelf at home. Uh, other stats worth looking at, uh, again, player of the year top 10, uh, four finishes is the best for that. Saito, as we mentioned. And then also uh, Kentaro Yamamoto. Oh, sure. Yeah, Kentaro Yamamoto, really strong player. He's got just under 300 pro points, uh, but a lot of really strong finishes. He has three pro tour top eights, etc. Uh, if we're looking at, eh, what other stats do we have here? Final days. So again, this isn't just Pro Tour Top 8s. It includes things like the World Magic Cup World uh, Championships, that sort of thing. Uh, top right now is Marcio Carvalho with six. Right behind him with five is uh, Seth Manfield and Li Shitian. And again, these, these numbers sound small. I assure you they're not. They're not. Um, these, are, these are very impressive numbers from all of these players. Yep. And it's easy to come from the outside and be like, oh, you know, they've, on, they've only got one top eight or one, uh, they've only got, they've only won a single pro tour. Yep. Winning a single pro tour is a Herculean effort. Yep. And it, it requires so much, so much time and effort and practice mm -hmm. to get to the point where you're, you're even in contention, when, yeah. where you're even in the top eight, that even winning one, much less being in contention for, mm -hmm. you know, more than one, uh, is just a very impressive effort. To give people an idea as to uh, the number of pro points that the candidates on the ballot have uh, for this year, it ranges from literally 150 pro points all the way up to 590 pro points. Yep. Um, which is a pretty big, big field. You know, it's uh, it's 150 all the way up to 590, and while it may not be every, every single, uh, like it's not... 150, 151, 152. Yeah. Um, there's a really big spread in there. So yeah. you know, if you have the opportunity to go check out this, uh, check out this data, it's it's really worth taking it's a look fun, at. It's fun to play around with. Yeah. And and a note on the pro points. When I first started voting, so I, I got a vote um, some years ago when I started doing coverage and whatnot. I put a lot of emphasis on pro points. But the way a lot of people have come around to thinking about it is that pro points. Uh, you absolutely need to be really good at the game for an extended period of time to get a lot of pro points. Right. But they all, pro points also speak to your longevity. So they don't necessarily mean the best players have the most pro points. It's, it's not that one-to-one -one ratio. Uh, it, there's, a, there's a longevity uh, uh, aspect to it. And then also a, an aspect of grinding, mm -hmm. of, just, of just going out there and playing tournament after tournament after tournament after Grand Prix after Grand Prix. And while that is definitely something we celebrate and reward, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are the best of the best. Right. And, so, and, and, that, and that goes down to the individual deciding who they want to vote for and why. So let's talk about, about voting. How, do, how exactly does that work? Sure. Yeah. Uh, ballots were sent out this morning by email to everyone who responded to an initial email asking if they wanted to vote. Sure. So the way it happens is we send out one email saying, hey, you've been put on the selection committee this year. Would you like to vote? All you have to do is respond and say yes. Uh, so that list includes uh, pros, obviously, past Hall of Famers. 
anyone who's currently in the Hall of Fame is mm -hmm. given the opportunity to vote. That includes um, prominent pros, people who have reached certain pro point thresholds, uh, that sort of deal. Uh, and it includes people who have had uh, long histories with Pro Tour, people who worked on the Pro Tour for a long time. Coverage people are included in that. Uh, behind the scenes people who the community's never heard of are on that list because they were longtime people who worked on the Pro Tour. Uh, and then you have people in the community who clearly care about magic, pay attention to magic, especially pro magic, mm -hmm. uh, and, and have an idea about what the Pro Tour Hall of Fame should look like and we update those every year so we don't send out a ton of new invitations every year just a handful uh, but if you are on that list you've already been notified and then this morning everybody received their ballots in the mail so we Email. should be uh, when sh we should be uh, looking for for results uh, for the for the inductees when um, I don't know the exact date off the top of my head, but I believe it's next month or the month after, September or October. All right. Yeah. Good. So not too long to wait. That's uh, No. That's nice. Uh, vote, votes will be pouring in starting today. I'm probably going to go back and, well, actually, I'll probably read a little bit. And maybe, <laughs> maybe vote next week uh, to, to read about, read from people who, who know a little bit better than I do. That's excellent. That's yeah. excellent. Well, uh, so that's that's Hall of Fame, uh, the Pro Tour Hall of Fame. We're really excited to see who gets inducted into the into the class yeah. this year. Should be really exciting. Uh, we have been monitoring chat. Yep. Uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna take a look to see what kind of questions we've got. Yep. So uh, right now the only question I have is when will the GP schedule be announced? So this is we've actually gotten this question from a lot of people internally. Uh, so the GP schedule, uh, I don't have a specific date on it. We are working towards it being announced sometime soon. I'm just going to say sometime soon uh, because there are a lot of moving parts for that. But we believe that uh, maybe September. But that's uh, don't quote me on that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're working on it. We, for the GP schedule, there are a lot of things that you have to get nailed down to make sure it's correct. But obviously, we know people want to start planning travel for next year. They want to start planning. Is, is a GP coming Close to me, if not, what's going to be the closest GP that I can get to? And I want to plan my schedule around that. Totally. We're very sensitive to all of that. Our travel schedules are impacted yeah. by the GP schedule. Yeah, that's schedule. true. So we're working yeah. on getting that finalized. Uh, look for it sometime in the coming months, uh, probably from channelfireball.com. So uh, we've got some fun trivia for, for everybody. We mentioned uh, Tamahara Saito as uh, somebody who has the most GP top eights that are, that's not in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. uh, the other person that has the most GP top eights not in the Hall of Fame is Reed Duke. Uh, and uh, Reed, Reed's in a lot of conversations about uh, a very, very solid, incredible Magic player. Yep, he's got two uh, Hall of Famers with him on Peach Garden Note. Yep. Uh, part of the reason that Reed is not on this Hall of Fame ballot is because he is not eligible yet, if uh, if I'm correct about that. Yeah, so he has not been playing on the Pro Tour for 10 years. Believe it or not, as, lo as long as it feels like Reed Duke has been a part of Magic, uh, he he hasn't been on for 10 years. I think, don't quote me on this, Reed can correct me later if I'm wrong, I think his pr first Pro Tour was in 2010, which would start his eligibility for the Hall of Fame at 2020. But that just kind of speaks to what an amazing player Reed Duke is. Exactly. Uh, because people are already chomping at the bit to vote for him, and he's probably not eligible for another two years. So that means <laughs> in eight years, he's amassed what some consider a Hall of Fame resume. Absolutely. So we'll be we'll be looking for him in, in a couple of years. Uh, you know, we've got a little bit more trivia here. Uh, 
member of the Hall of Fame with the most PT top eights. It uh, shouldn't surprise you. It's John Finkel. Yep. Uh, with sixteen, uh, we mentioned that how many you know how many Hall of Famers have multiple Pro Tour wins. There are nine nine Hall of Famers right now mm -hmm. that have multiple Pro Tour wins. Uh, Kai has the record for most PT wins with seven. Uh, that is a very very high number because I think it's the, never going to be caught. I'm pretty sure that the Maybe, next the next highest is like three. Uh, three or four PT wins. Yeah. Right? And the amount of time that it takes to, to just get one win these days, uh, you know, Hall of Famers with multiple PT wins, nine, nine out of the 46. Uh, that's pretty crazy. Uh, obviously, GP wins. Uh, there, there are three people tied in the Hall of Fame for top number of GP wins. Mm -hmm. That's Kai with seven. Uh, Shuhei Nakamura and Yuyo Watanabe yeah. all have seven GP wins. Uh, I am getting some more questions coming through. Uh, one of the questions is, no changes in the PTQ system, question mark. Uh, we're not announcing any today. Yeah. Uh, I would expect some changes. Uh, that's all I'm going to say for now. Uh, there, there will be announcements about the PTQ system coming up. Not today. Still right. ironing some things out. And, and one of the things to keep in mind uh, when talking about a lot of this stuff, I'm, I'm seeing some other comments about how narrow this slice is and how it doesn't uh, speak to people who aren't qualified for the Pro Tour. Sure. So organized play is it's one large system. And you change one thing here, and it affects something over here. And if you, so for example, when looking at the number of Pro Tours uh, next year, you and the number of people who play in those pro tours that in turn bumps down to the ptq system so if you're looking at a target number for the number of people playing in a pro tour that is going to determine a lot of how the ptq system is shaped up and so the reason we're not uh, the, announcing the full schedule for the pt and announcing the ptq those things kind of go hand in hand right uh, there are some things you can do without one, some things you can do without the other. Uh, but we can't announce the PTQ schedule or the PTQ system uh, just yet because all those little pieces are interlocking. That's coming, I promise, I swear. Uh, it's just not part of today's announcement. Right. Uh, let's see what other questions we got. Uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. Again, yep, uh, no GP schedule. Again, uh, we will get to that in the coming month, two months-ish. I don't want to be too specific because uh, a lot of this stuff is shifting. So to give you an idea of what's going on behind the scenes is people are working to get information as quickly as possible, which is right. why we're doing this piece by piece because we know players, uh, especially players already on the Pro Tour or aspiring to be on the Pro Tour, need this information as soon as possible. So we could have held everything together and done one large announcement in a month or two or something like that and we know people need this information so we're working to get it out as much as we can at a time as we can uh, again we know for sure we will be showing the full pro tour schedule in september yep uh, everything else we will get more dates we'll announce our announcements yeah that's what we, that's do. What we do that's our that's thing what we do yeah uh Again, as Blake said earlier in the show, uh, we don't want to say anything that's not 100% confirmed. Yep. So whether it's you know, whether it's at 90% or 99%, uh, we're not going to be saying anything about it until we have that all clear that yes, this is locked in, so that people can make their travel plans and their arrangements yep. based on current and up to date and accurate information. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, so that is all the questions I'm seeing. That is all, all the right. information we have yeah. this week. And uh, Blake is off next week. I'm off. He I will be, do this he'll be on vacation. <laughs> he'll be on vacation. I don't get to do this next week. Although next week's show is really cool. It's going to be really great. Uh, you, we've, we've got Mark Rosewater on. Some of you might know him. He, he's, uh, yeah, he's yeah you might know so. him. Yeah, he's, he's kind of a big deal. We've also got George Fan. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to George. So uh, George Fan, uh, designer of Plants vs. Zombies. Yep. Uh, he he's, is, he's currently in the building, yeah. working on some magic stuff. Actually. So we might be able, hope we'll be able to talk to him a little bit about, uh, you know, generally what it is that he's working on. Yep. Uh, I'll be joined by Daniel Ketchum, the senior franchise art director mm -hmm. here for Magic, and uh, it'll be me, Daniel, George Fan, and Mark Rosewater talking about game design. And I think you've got a little preview of something too. Maybe we might have something kind of cool to show. Okay, uh, but we'll. We'll we'll hold off and we'll leave you wanting a little bit more. It's pretty it's pretty cool. Uh, definitely tune in. It's going to be a lot of fun. Have some really good conversations about game design. Mm -hmm. Don't miss it. Uh, I think we're going to end a little bit early here today yeah. uh, and just let y'all hang out for a little bit before you can catch Kenji on stream at three o'clock. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us. As always, yep. happy to have you here. And uh, stay tuned for Kenji playing some MTG Arena. I'm yeah. Not sure what format he's. I've, I've been loving Singleton lately. <laughs> yeah, you have. I've been really, watching you it's fantastic. Don't don't play Singleton against Blake. He will he will it's, make it's you fine. cry. It's, it's true. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so that's all we have this week. We'll see. Every, I I won't see everyone next yes. week. Steve will see you next week. I'll see you the week after that. Take Thanks care. for tuning in. Bye.